0: Welcome to the Catholic Connect Podcast. I'm your host, David Scubin. This is a podcast for all Catholics and people of goodwill who strive to live in the world, but not be of the world. First and foremost, we need to be disciples of Jesus ourselves, and then we go forth and make disciples of all nations, just as our Lord commanded. Through a series of timely topics and great guests, we will take that long and narrow journey to heaven together, encouraging each other in faith and virtue along the way. So let's get started. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Welcome to another episode of the Catholic Connect Podcast, where we live in the world, but we are not of the world, and where we are going to get holy, or we're going to die trying. Hey, in case you haven't heard too, uh, Father Mike Schmitz has a great new podcast called The Bible in a Year. And uh, he's put that out in conjunction with Ascension Press, and it's based on the Great Adventure Catholic Bible with Jeff Cavins. And uh, hard to believe that someone didn't come up with this sooner, isn't it? But uh, Father Mike narrates and reflects on a sample of scripture every day, and it'll be from Genesis to Revelation, all 365 days this year. So, so exciting. Uh going to be a great gift for all of us that want to grow in holiness this year. And uh, I bring this up because it's, well, A, it's one of the most downloaded new podcasts of the year so far and uh also it's really about getting into the bible and we talk about that here on some of the past episodes of the podcast and we need to really get into the bible every day and this definitely qualifies as getting into the bible every day it's only probably about between 15 and 20 minutes and uh it's well worth the download and the listen and uh, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of christ like saint jerome tells us so Uh, One of the podcasts that I've been listening to, I'm getting caught up a little bit, but he did mention something about St. Maximilian Kobe, writing down what his wishes were the day before he was ordained to the priesthood. And at the top of his list was his desire to not only be a saint, but to be a great saint. And I thought that was real profound. You know, if we do a poll of rank, rank and file Catholics today, I'm most certain that most people would say they want to go to heaven for sure. But how many people would put up their hand if the question was, do you want to be a saint? So we're going to be talking about that today. The brevity of life. Boy, is this ever a a timely topic and something that we need to think about every day. And it's really, truly lost in today's world. But the undeniable fact is that life in this world is passing away and we need to live in a state of grace at all times. You know, the brevity of life really becomes apparent when we lose a loved one and I was around 26 years old when my dad passed away and he had a, he lived a long and, and wonderful life, a, a man of great faith too, and an amazing example to me and my, uh, my siblings. But, uh, you know, I thought about the brevity of life more in that month following that funeral than I did in my entire 26 years before. So, but you know what, you know, meditating on the four last things and that's death, judgment, heaven, and hell, you know, it shouldn't make us feel despair or sadness, But it really should reinvigorate us to live each and every day of our lives to the fullest. And a recent reading in the church was from the letter of Saint Paul to the Hebrews, and it kind of, I don't know, it just kind of struck me as uh, as really profound and something I wanted to share with you. It says, "Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook in the same nature, that through death he might destroy him who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those." who through fear of death were subject to lifelong bondage. You know what? Hold high the cross of Christ, my friends. Don't worry about death because Jesus took care of that on the cross. The only thing we need to worry about is living in a state of grace at all times, living that sacramental life, and we talk about that quite a bit. You know, we can look at the news and see local people passing away or even celebrities or people that we follow that have passed away or even just had incredibly close calls with death. And uh, as many of you know, and, and many of you are sports fans, and you know that uh, I'm a big sports fan myself, and one sport I've picked up is kind of a fun league to follow is Formula One racing. So speaking of close calls, you probably saw the brush of death that uh, French driver Romain Grosjean had at a race at the end of 2020. You can search it on YouTube, and it's a, it's a pretty incredible crash. So now most F1 races are in all kinds of exotic places all over the world that usually happen in the middle of the night. So I PVR almost every race. Now, hands up, if you've ever had one of your children spoil the ending to a story of something you've PVR'd or some sort of a movie that you've watched. Well, in this case, I was quite happy my son Xavier stumbled across the race report the next day because about 30 seconds before I watched that crash of Romain Grosjean on PVR, Xavier told me, he said, Hey, hey Dad, just so you know, Romain had a big crash. He almost died. But he survived and he's okay. Then I saw the crash and I was very happy he told me that because if he didn't, I honestly would have thought I saw someone die on TV. So Romaine's back wheel clipped the front of another driver's car and he had a barricade at about 190 miles an hour. The car splits in half, fuel cell detaches and explodes on impact. Romaine spent almost 30 seconds in that inferno before he miraculously climbed out of that car and jumped to safety. Now, a lot of people say that safety measures saved Romaine, and I have no doubt that that definitely helped out. But when you see the crash and you see Romaine jump out, you will agree that it was divine intervention. And I know, I don't know if Romaine's a person of faith or not, but I know he has three young boys. And I pray that through this experience, which he said it really had a profound impact on his outlook on life, it's going to bring him to a closer relationship with Christ. You know, I was listening to some country music, some older country music the other day, and it uh, really actually a song that I remembered from several years ago. It's still one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, Any, any song, whether it's country or any genre of music. um, I heard it and I thought, man, this is a real great song. that's going to tie in very well to our podcast on the brevity of life. And you know, when it comes to the message of with a redeemable moral message, country music has hit some hard times in the last decade or two. Hasn't it? I mean, uh, I believe they call it uh, bro country now. Uh, (laughs) It's a lot different than the country music we heard from, back in the uh, the 90s and maybe even the early 2000s. But not that we should ever look, at, look to various genres of secular music to inspire us to live holy lives. But the one thing about country music, though, is when it gets a song right, they really nail it. And like I said, this is one of my favorite country songs of all time, and it was by Tim McGraw, 2004. Massive number one hit. I think it was the number one song in country music for all of 2004. And it was called Live Like You Were Dying. And uh, it just had such a profound impact on me then. And I just really enjoy listening to it now as well. So the song's about a man who finds out he's terminally ill. And because of this diagnosis of imminent death, he's decided to experience things in this life that he otherwise wouldn't have if he knew that he was just going to be living his life as he was normally doing. And the brevity of life came back and, well, the diagnosis became a real reality for him. He talks about the thrills of going on a riding a bull and going skydiving, for example. But man, he really in the lyrics of the song, it really touches on virtue and it really magnifies virtue in the song. And I think it's just so, so incredible and impressive. The lyrics state that the man starts to read the Holy Bible. And one of the lyrics, the main lyrics, is that he learned to love deeper. He spoke sweeter, that he gave forgiveness that he'd been denying. And uh, you know what, my friends? we need to get into that kind of mindset. Imagine if we start living today like tomorrow was a gift and that we had no guarantees we'd ever see it. And if we had this mindset as people of faith, how would this affect the way we would approach life and how we would apply virtue to our lives? I'm telling you guys, dream big again, my friends. Dream big again. Maybe the path to being a saint isn't as far off in the distance as we think it is. You know, on our most recent... uh, Podcast we had with Matthew Arnold just a few weeks ago. It was uh, we had a real outstanding chat with him, and we mentioned the book "The Imitation of Christ" by Thomas A. Kempis and thought this would be a time to share one of the reflections in his book. There's a series of reflections, uh, several of them in this book. They're about one to five minutes each, and they're all loaded with simple but really easy to read insights on the spiritual life. And it was written back in the 15th century. It's probably the most read devotional in the world outside the Bible and you can get it for under 10 bucks at uh, bookstores or even online. It's really an outstanding read. So this brief reflection is taken from the 23rd chapter of this book on page 21. And it's called Thoughts on Death. Very soon your life here will end. Consider then what may be in store for you elsewhere. Today we live, tomorrow we die and are quickly forgotten Oh, the dullness and hardness of a heart which looks only to the present instead of preparing for that which is to come. Therefore, in every deed and every thought, act as though you were to die this very day. If you had a good conscience, you would not fear death very much. It is better to avoid sin than to fear death. If you are not prepared today, how will you be prepared for tomorrow? Tomorrow is an uncertain day, How do you know you will have a tomorrow? What good is it to live a long life when we amend that life so little? Indeed, a life, a long life, does not always benefit us, but on the contrary, frequently adds to our guilt. Would that in this world, we had lived well throughout one single day. Many count up the years that they have spent in religion, but find their lives made little holier. If it is so terrifying to die, it is nevertheless possible that to live longer is more dangerous. Blessed is he who keeps the moment of death ever before his eyes, and prepares for it every day. If you have ever seen a man die, remember that you too must go the same way. In the morning consider that you may not live till till evening, and when evening comes, do not dare to promise yourself the dawn. Be always ready, therefore, and so live that death will never take you unprepared. Many die suddenly and unexpectedly, for in the unexpected hour the Son of God will come. When that last moment arrives, you will begin to have a quite different opinion of the life that has now entirely passed, and you will regret very much that you were so careless and remiss. How happy and prudent is he who tries now in life to be what he wants to be found in death. Perfect contempt of the world, a lively desire to advance in virtue, a love for discipline, the works of penance, readiness to obey, self-denial, and the endurance of every hardship for the love of Christ. These will give a man great expectations of a happy death. You can do many good works when in good health. What can you do when you are ill? Few are made better by sickness. Likewise they who undertake many pilgrimages seldom become holy. Do not put your trust in friends and relatives and do not put off the care of your soul till later. For men will forget you more quickly than you think. It is better to provide now in time and send some good account ahead of you than to rely on the help of others. If you do not care for your own welfare now, who will care for you when you are gone? The present is very precious. These are the days of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. How sad that you do not spend the time in which you might purchase everlasting life in a better way. The time will come when you will want just one day, just one hour, in which to make amends. And do you know whether you will obtain it? See then, dearly beloved, the great danger from which you can free yourself and the great fear from which you can be saved. If only you will always be wary and mindful of death. Try to live now in such a manner that at the moment of death you may be glad rather than fearful. Learn to die to the world now, that then you may begin to live with Christ. Learn to spurn all things now, that then you may freely go to him. Chastise your body in penance now, that then you may have the confidence born of certainty. Ah, foolish man, why do you plan to live long when you are not sure of living even a day? How many have been deceived and suddenly snatched away? How often have you heard of persons being killed in drownings, by fatal falls from high places, of persons dying at meals, at play, in fires by the sword, in pestilence, or at the hands of robbers. Death is the end of everyone, and the life of man quickly passes away like a shadow. Who will remember you when you are dead? Who will pray for you? Do now, beloved, what you can, because you do not know when you will die, nor what your fate will be after death. Gather for yourself the riches of immortality while you have time. Think of nothing but your salvation. Care only for the things of God. Make friends for yourself now by honoring the saints of God, by imitating their actions, so that when you depart this life, they may receive you into, etern- into everlasting dwellings. Keep yourself as a stranger here on earth, a pilgrim whom its affairs do not concern at all. Keep your heart free and raise it up to God for you have not here a lasting home. To him direct your daily prayers, your sighs and tears, that your soul may merit after death to pass in happiness to the Lord. You know, such an outstanding re- reflection from Thomas A. Kempis to reflect on and to to think about profoundly and, and the, the brevity and the shortness of this life. But there's so much hope in that message too, you know. First thing that came to mind too, there's a lot to unpack in that reflection for sure, but you know, the church has always encouraged us to visit a cemetery, not only to pray for the dead there, but also to remember our own mortality. You know, you go to a cemetery and I mean, go to some old cemeteries and these people have been gone for a long time. You know, most of these folks lived, laughed, loved, and had vibrant lives just like we have today. But now that they're gone, so many of them are completely forgotten and I want to encourage you to live a life of purpose and virtue. We may live several more decades or only a few more days, but either way, if we change the ways of our life today, we become the beacon of hope for this world that God wants us to be. And like Thomas A. Kempis says, you know, learn to die to the world now that then you may begin to live with Christ now. Untimely deaths can be hard to accept. I, I understand why these things can sometimes even shake people's faith, but... Even our Lord says in the gospels that the son of God, Jesus Christ will come like a thief in the night and that we know neither the hour or the day that this world will end either for all of us at the second coming or when God calls us all to judgment when we die our own personal death so that we have to be rendering an account of everything we've ever done in word thought and deed. You know, last year in 2020, we lost, uh, basketball star Kobe Bryant and his his daughter and seven other people in a real tragic helicopter crash and it really again ties into this topic of the brevity of life you know but a lot of people don't know about Kobe Bryant is that he was a baptized Catholic and married his wife in the Catholic Church and from what I've read he had all his children baptized in the Catholic Church should give us a lot of hope he's our brother in Christ for sure several years ago Kobe was making some real serious and sinful errors in life And uh, no question about that. And one of them was uh, what that became public was his infidelity to his wife. In an interview, Kobe mentioned that he found a real good Catholic priest that counseled him. And he had a reversion back to the true faith during this time, the faith of his childhood. Another thing that people may not know about was on that fateful day before Kobe and his daughter were heading to a basketball game. They attended a 7 o'clock a.m. mass Sunday Mass in in an LA area parish. Now, I don't know about you, but how many people complain that Mass is too early at 9 a.m., let alone 7 o'clock a.m.? The reason I'm saying this is, is again, to just give you hope. I don't know what the state of Kobe's soul is, but we definitely need to pray for him. He was by no means perfect, but we need to still have hope for him and his daughter and the other folks that passed away in that crash. You know, St. Paul in Romans chapter 2 and St. Peter and Acts chapter 10, they say that God shows no partiality and does not respect men at judgment. Certainly respects their free will, but he does not respect them at judgment. Very important. But I have reason to hope that Kobe was doing what he was supposed to be doing. By getting up early to fulfill his Sunday obligation, he took his daughter to Mass with him. I really hope that he was in a state of grace and he received Holy Communion that morning and was in friendship with our Lord hey guys, this is so important that we take the lead and take your family to Mass and do so cheerfully. You know, we talked recently about holy and authentic leisure with Dr. Ryan Topping, and Sunday Mass is a way to draw yourself and your entire family away from the distractions of this fleeting world and to the more higher and beautiful things of heaven. Here's a final piece of Kobe Bryant's story that not many people have talked about, but This has everything to do with being prepared at all times to meet our Lord, and the fact that there are no such thing as coincidences when it comes to the spiritual life. I've mentioned on this podcast that the Catholic Church reads the same passages from the Bible each and every day, regardless of what country you live in. We're all reading the exact same scripture verses. So, on the morning of January 26, 2020, the entire Universal Church heard the Responsorial Psalm, from the book of Psalms, chapter 27, verses 1, 4, and 13 through 14. And this is what it read. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is my life's refuge. Of whom should I be afraid? One thing I ask of the Lord, this I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I may gaze on the loveliness of the Lord, and contemplate his temple i believe that i shall see the bounty of the lord in the land of the living wait for the lord with courage stout-hearted and wait for the lord this was one of the last things that kobe bryant and his daughter ever heard in their earthly lives you know psalm 27 is such a beautiful passage from scripture like i said this particular passage on that particular morning was no coincidence Everything happens in season for a reason. You see, my friends, Kobe Bryant had a series of tattoos on his body that represented mostly his wife and his children. But he did have one tattoo of spiritual significance that was very special to him, and it was on his right shoulder. That tattoo was simply the name of a book in the Bible and a chapter in Roman numerals. You want to know what that tattoo was? It was Psalm X, X, V, I, I. You know, Jesus, I just want to praise and thank you for all that you do to provide faith and hope in our hearts for all people that have died, especially in our relatives and people in our parish and our friends. But let's uh, pray right now for Kobe, for his daughter, Gianna, and the seven souls who died in that crash. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May these and all the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. You know, even St. Paul mentions in his letters that although he was sure that of the grace of Jesus Christ, that he was doing the will of God, he was not 100% sure of his salvation. And many saints echo this sentiment too. So if that's where the saints stand, dare I ask, where does that leave you and me? In St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, he says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For God is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. End quote. And remember that at the end of our lives, we will appear before God as the just judge. So our time of mercy is right now, my friends. And you know what? To all people of goodwill, I implore you to dream big again. Holiness is what we strive for. And if that infamous and great saying of St. Augustine is that sin darkens the intellect, well, then the opposite is a 100 times truer than the falsehood. And that is that truth, that virtue enlightens our minds. And like the lyrics of that great Tim McGraw song suggest, if tomorrow was a gift and you've got eternity to think about what you do with it, What would you do with it? What would you do with it? Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. Wow, I just love hearing from so many of you. It's been great. Uh, Feel free to reach out to me anytime through our Facebook and Twitter account. You know this podcast is meant to bring us all together in this journey of faith and realize that you're not alone. So let's keep praying for each other and provide that octane for the rocket field that will get us to heaven to live with our King Jesus Christ forever. And remember, Catholics, you know what you gotta do. You gotta live in a state of grace and go to confession at least three times a year, every Advent, every Lent, and anytime you're in a state of mortal sin. Don't even spend a second of your life there. Thanks again for listening, everyone. God bless you. We'll talk to you very soon.